episode 11 i think we're consistent yeah i think we're consistent buddy we're doing all right yeah we're, we're doing all right we're doing all right um of course you already know this is tc the trigger happy chatterbox this is the world's greatest detective, 626. Oh, yes. Dead bad, six, everybody. 626. 626. We're in the south. Yo, we're going to give you like a, a gold chain, and it's all it's going to say is 626 on it. 626. Just everybody who's anyone who loves this show will know what that means. Like, oh, it's the oh. world's greatest detective. You know? Yeah, next thing I next thing I need is some Bill Gates money. Yo, I know, right? Wouldn't I think everybody would definitely say that one. But you guys yeah, already know sure. you guys already know what it is, man. Uh definitely check us out on Facebook.com slash DP bats. Um also our respective Instagram pages at Trigger Happy Chatterbox and the world's greatest detective six two six. Before I get into all the major news and everything that you and me talk about, I just want to tell and I just want to say thank you to everybody who supported the Instagram page or the Instagram me- uh, post that we put up there. That was awesome. Like, holy crap. Um, 411 people liked that post. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for all the support, man. Like I, Blows my mind. I didn't think we were going to get 100 likes, you know? I, I, I thought we were going to get, like, yeah, 10 or 15 here and there, but fuck, man. Um, you know, the, the, the support from uh, from the community we're trying to build has been outstanding. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. It's one of the things that when I woke up this morning, I just was blown away that I was still getting likes. I was still getting likes. And we posted that last week. That's how awesome that is. Um, definitely going to be posting more content, more things. Um, give us some time, guys. We're still trying to build the setup for YouTube um, and trying to put that together. It's just one of those things where, you know, little by little, we'll be there. It's just one of those things where right now, Podbean, iTunes. So definitely, yeah, and I'm I'm sourcing an uh, an editing rig for that as well. So uh, trying to get that running. Yes, um, I've been looking at looking at PC parts here and there, and um, you know PCs are really my thing. So trying to source parts, trying to make it affordable because we know PCs can get fucking wild. Well, yeah, uh, I was looking for a MacBook actually. As a matter of fact, for us. Oh, that was no, that was your first mistake. <laughs> I know the, the price killed me. The price no, almost Mac- Yo, the price cut my heart. This is going to sound real fucked up, but what was it about an artist's work being more valuable after he's dead? Bro. <laughs> it's not like you're wrong, like when I looked at some of the prices, I just was like, I saw like a $1,400 MacBook and I'm just like, all around me are familiar faces. Yeah. I mean, like that's around the cost that, that I'm looking at for my PC. But the, the, the important part is that it's going to be built the way I want it built. 
Um, you know, I mean, it's, I'm going to make it for editing, yes, but it's also going to be my personal rig as well. So I want it to make sure I want to make sure it can run games efficiently and also uh, have enough threads on the processor to actually be able to render stuff. Um, so just trying to find a balance between the two. I've been looking on PC Parts Picker for a while, and um, after we move, I'm thinking I'm going to pull the trigger on it in a, sometime in March. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, dude. I know the same thing goes for me. I'm trying to make sure that we get stuff in terms of microphones and things of that nature. So, um, you know, that way we could either bring people down for, um, you know, recordings, you, me. I know I got to give a shout out to him because I know he definitely said he would do it. Uh, Beware the Bat Family, uh, the Nightwing that is part of that group. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, we're definitely going to take that to consideration as we're trying to not only uh, bring on guests and make live recordings, but also at the same time, I've been meaning to uh, send this message that I have saved on draft uh, for Dark Side Comics. I actually wrote up the email. I just haven't really posted it. Yeah. Um, so. I don't even think it's a matter of consideration at this point. I, I think we're definitely going to have him down. It's just we got to figure out when we're going to do it. Yeah, like that, that's really what I meant to say, my bad. But um, it's just... You know, it's one of those things where, you know, when are we going to be able to pull it off? Like you said, um, and I want to say sometime in October, uh, either that or November, either one of those two months would definitely be something we want to, you know, really get together. So, guys, we got a lot of plans. We're just trying to get the building blocks of how to put it together step by step. Yeah. So that's that's the gig here. Um. Kyle, we got a shit ton we got to talk about, buddy. I got nine things on my list. Like, so much hit the fucking airwaves this week that, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like, I know the biggest one I want to save. You know the biggest one. I want to save that one. As a matter of fact, you start off first, but keep that big one, like, in back pocket until we're ready. Okay. You got it. You got it. So, uh... First, uh, first thing on my list here is, uh, you know me, I, I, I'm the game guy, so I've got your PlayStation Plus games for October 2019 and your free games with Xbox Gold. Um, October 2019, you're getting The Last of Us Remastered and MLB The Show for PlayStation Plus. So we got a sports title for the second one, but that's that's eh. But they're giving us The Last of Us Remastered. And I don't I, I played it on PS3. I don't have the remastered yet, so that's gonna be a really good get. Um and if you haven't played The Last of Us yet, now is a perfect time with uh, The Last of Us Two coming right around the corner. Um and then uh for your free games with gold this first one this first one's real interesting. Uh, I kind of it, it makes me want to get an Xbox just for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's on the PlayStation Store. Maybe I'll check it out there. But uh, Tembo the badass elephant, bro. <laughs> it's 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 Dumbo's big brother. Uh, that'll be free for you October first through the thirty first on Xbox One. Uh, and then just in time for Halloween, you've got Friday the 13th uh, swinging by October 16th to November 15th. Uh, Friday the 13th, the video game that is. And then uh, you've got Disney's Bolt, 
October 1st through October 15th on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Uh, and Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge for October 16th through the 31st on Xbox One and Xbox 360. Um, so that's your free stuff. Definitely go out and make sure you snag those. God knows you pay for them already. <laughs> um, and then... Uh, I got a couple of other things to talk about as far as um, gaming wise. Okay. Um, I watched PlayStation State of Play uh, last week. Uh, it was, it was, it was okay. You know, I I'd call it like sixteen to seventeen minutes of meh, and then three to four minutes of gold, because they showed the um, the Last of Us two stuff at the end. Um, but like. Before that, it was just a bunch of um, indie titles, and I've got nothing against indie titles, but I, I, I'm not sure. It's an interesting conversation because I'm not sure what deserves the spotlight when you have a company come out and say, "Hey, we've got big announcements, and it's going to be a 20-minute show." Um, and maybe I'm just a little salty because I was expecting a Batman trailer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we we didn't get a Batman trailer, which is unfortunate. Um, but they gave us some more stuff on The Last of Us, and then they gave us uh, some more stuff on uh, Fallen Order as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm definitely gonna have that guy on pre-order. Um, and then I finally platinum Batman Arkham Asylum. Finally did it. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah, man. I think it was. I think that's actually my first Arkham game to platinum. Um, yeah. I don't know if I platinum platinum them on PS3. I'd have to go look. But uh, God knows I played them enough. Um, <laughs> it was nice to go back and and revisit Arkham Asylum, and I'm on the city now. Um, and it just it sh- it shows you the improvements that Rocksteady makes game after game after game. So. You know, I, I know the game coming out isn't made by Rocksteady, um, but it's definitely a new Batman game, and we're definitely in dire need. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, all right. I know definitely. Um, you and I talked about this off the uh, off the podcast about you know you um, getting platinum off of uh, one of the trophies and stuff for. Arkham. I I love all the Arkham games. Maybe except Arkham Origins. I don't know why. Wasn't such a big fan of mm. that. Um. Then again, you know I'm being biased as hell when I'm telling you my favorite one is obviously going to be Night because Jason motherfucking Todd. Jason motherfucking Todd. You know I'm being I'm being a little bit too much, but I'm like at the same time it's like yeah you know I think, and I I hope that Rocksteady jumps on board for such a thing for you know a possible uh, Arkham team up game where maybe you could be you know Nightwing and have a different story for him Jason uh, Barbara such and such you know um, yeah I mean it's possible they've done something similar for City like you can't I'd love to see them do something like uh, Assassin's Creed Syndicate did where you could switch between Jacob and Evie yeah uh, like whenever you wanted um, 
They did something similar with Arkham City, but it was more you were kind of locked to whenever they would let you play. Um, and you could play as either Batman or Catwoman in that one. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd definitely be uh, be down for that. Like I'd, I think that's what we really need to see in an Arkham game. We got a little taste of it in Night, so that's that's kind of why I think you're wanting it, is just uh, the, the Bat family working together. Yeah, that, that's what I really want at the end of everything, is just to get... Because I don't know if we're going to be really getting any of the movies. Speaking of the movies, we have quite a bit of stuff to talk about that. But, I mean, you know, we're not going to be getting Jason as Red Hood in the movies. Um, you know, we got this covered, posted a... Uh, uh, like a Red Hood movie kind of thing, and 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 to be honest with you, I'm not even looking at We Got This Covered. I'm looking at Variety right now and Deadline, and those are the those are the real sources that we go off of here on Dead Bat. We don't go off of We Got This Covered anymore, because um, just We Got This Covered is just speculation. But we're not going to be getting any movies, so video games is the next best thing, so to speak. Yeah. So, um. Well, you mentioned a couple things. Speaking of the uh, the Batman movies, you got the Batman movie being made by Matt Reeves, and of course uh, Robert Pattinson is Batman. Well, I guess apparently Jonah Hill wants to go ahead and throw a fucking pissy fit because apparently he wants to be part of the movie, or they wanted him part of the movie. Here's the thing: character, he wants to be Nigma. <laughs> no, you are the Penguin, bitch. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. I don't I don't know, man. I also heard he wants double of what Pattinson is getting and I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, like he's he wants that um, he, he wants that RDJ money, but he's going to have to settle for what RDJ got in Iron Man 1. But I mean, I think the issue is this. I I think the reason actors look at comic book movies and go, "No, you better give me a shit ton to do that." is because you you really run the risk of being typecast and then having that be the only gig you can get. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you're being considered for another role, they're like, no, that's Batman or that's, uh, that's Iron Man or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, still, like, to, to, to demand double of what the lead is getting, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then on top of that, he wants to choose the character that he wants to be. I'm like, no. You are the penguin. You are good old Copperpot, okay? Because Copperpot. <laughs> that's right. I don't even care. Hashtag Copperpot. Copperpot. I really don't even care because it's like, come on, dude. Like he, it, if he doesn't give a shit to the point where he wants money and he wants to just choose characters, then I won't give a shit, okay? Because. It's like, like Pattinson really wants to do this, right? He really wants to pull off Batman. He's willing to just close every single door available for this. 100% respect goes to that. We don't know how he's going to be, but respect to him closing the door on anything else but this Batman movie. Jonah Hill's got one foot out, one foot in. Yeah. I mean, I'll oh, call. Man. I mean, it's either the penguin, the schmuck, the damn. See you next Tuesday, the Chodemeister, it, bruh. You're probably just like, wow, John. 
The second half of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But we'll, we'll call him Copper Pot because if he doesn't care, we don't. <laughs> we should have a shirt of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he wants to be. He wants to. He wants to be Enigma, John. But riddle me this: What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I really thought you were gonna go with something clever. That was that was perfect, though. No, no, just blunt. Just blunt. What the fuck? Uh, a lot, a lot more blunt than demanding double the lead money. <laughs> I know I screwed up though with the whole cop. What was it Cobblepot? There you go. That's the name. Um, yeah, that's the name. Yeah, I know I fucked up there calling him Copperpot. But, yeah, no, you're not wrong. What the fuck? Because it's like, come on, dude. You know, you can't be picky with shit like this, especially when they're trying to really make this into its own uh, and hope and hope to God they do it. Um, I do have one other thing before I pass it to you, buddy, before we do the good old puff puff pass. We talked about a question that, really needs to be answered here. Something that I figured the hardcores that are really into the inside stuff should be aware of. And we'll throw a what if ourselves. Um, I wasn't so keen on the what if, but at the same time, I figured we should talk about this. You and me always wondered what would it be like if DC and Marvel, maybe if the roles were reversed, what if DC was, I mean, DC was in the nineties bigger than Marvel in terms of movies and other media. Um, but Imagine if it was still that way and Marvel couldn't get off the ground. One person that could have done that was Ike Perlmutter. Um, you and me have mentioned this guy's name a thousand times in terms of the show. Ike Perlmutter, for those that are like are new to the show or new to the inside stuff, he's one of the main reasons why a lot of the Avengers cast was willing to walk out and not even be part of of anything MCU around 2009-2010. Some of the stories are just make your head spin. But to speed up the whole thing, he's a racist and sexist pig. So automatically, the two directors that I think of that wouldn't put up with his shit would be Ryan Coogler, who did Creed and Black Panther, and then Patty Jenkins, who did the Wonder Woman movie. Um. Mm. So I guess the real base question, and you could also answer this as well, is, you know, how would it fly if, let's just say, Patty Jenkins decided she wanted to do Captain Marvel 2, which I think that movie could use her. I mean, look at Wonder Woman. Um, Imagine if it wasn't Feige who was in charge. Imagine if it was Ike that was in charge. Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. Wonder Woman... 1984 is one of the movies that I'm most looking forward to, you know? Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel 2 could use Patty Jenkins for sure. You know, she's got a creative mind. She's got a great vision, something that I think a lot of people should give credit for. I haven't given credit to Patty Jenkins. I'm giving credit to a lot of people, a lot of directors. You know me. I'm a big Ryan Coogler fan. Um, I've given credit to uh, John Singleton, who did the Boys in the Hood movie, and also my favorite movie outside of Marvel, Four Brothers. Uh, rest in peace to him, by the way. Um, but a number of different people I've given credit for. The one person I've not given credit for is Patty Jenkins, and she deserves credit where credit is due. That was the one other thing that I wanted to talk about, because I know you and me, we ran that yesterday when I was at lunch, because I just thought of it. 
And it was a question that was given to me. And um, I was just like, man, you know, thank God people like him don't have bigger roles than they currently do. Yeah. So. Was there anything else? Oh, do you, do you want to just pop the cherry and go at it? No, 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 no. Let's save it. Save it? Save you, it. you got it. You got it. We'll hold on let's to it. it. What you got let's, in gaming, let's, though? Let's save it. Let's, let's save it. If the if the big thing is what I think you're thinking of, I'm, I'm going to save it. We're going to keep that in the back pocket. Okay. Like a good credit card, you know? The only one you haven't, the only one you haven't maxed out yet. Um, <laughs> you're stupid. <laughs> so, uh. Hey guys, uh, you like Star Wars, right? You like PlayStation, right? Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast is on PS4 right now. And Jedi Academy is coming. Uh, I looked at it on the uh, PlayStation Store. It's 20 bucks right now if you want to go pick it up. And... Uh, Relive some of that uh, that Kyle Katarn lightsaber goodness. Um, I think I think this might be some pushback on PlayStation's part because Xbox has had some exclusive Star Wars games forever. I mean, fuck Knights of the Old Republic, um, Republic Commando, they have on their platform. Yeah, that it'd be a big get for PlayStation to get a remastered Republic Commando. That'd be fucking amazing. That would be. Um, and better yet, Knights of the Old Republic. I'd love to play Knights of the Old Republic on a 55-inch. Are you kidding me? Um, that is a call-off from work waiting to happen. Oh, oh Yeah, for sure. If they release it on uh, on PS4, I'm not... I thought about buying an Xbox, um, you know, just to, just to play those Star Wars games and to play some of the Xbox One exclusives, but, like... At this point, I'm just going to buy a PC. You know? Yeah, most um, definitely. It's it's more interesting to me. Um, you, you know, sourcing the parts myself and building my own PC is a lot more up my alley than uh, going out and buying another console. And then, the, you know, PC is just... It, it can be cheaper in the long run. It's just like a really expensive buy-in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um... But, you know, you can get all your Star Wars games on PC, so fuck it. It's where I'm going. <laughs> no, I hear you, man. I know. PC yeah. Master Race, definitely. Um, I've also got a report. Uh, I, I have been playing Batman the Enemy Within from uh, Telltale. Yeah. Um, they do some interesting stuff. They really, they really know how to flip a story on its head. Like, uh, in the, in the, first game and this is this is spoilers for anybody who hasn't played it um you run into i think his name is John in that universe but you run into a guy named in guy named John and it turns out like that's that's the Joker um huh. and he he immediately gravitates towards Bruce while Bruce is incarcerated in Arkham and decides that they're best friends when Bruce is like I don't know you, you're out of your mind, get the fuck away from me, you know? So, um, I've been playing episode one. They came out the gate hard with episode one. Um, because, uh, 
they killed off somebody really important in mm. the first episode. Uh, they killed Lucius. No. They killed Lucius Fox. Yep, they killed my nigga. And and he was he was uh one of the one of the bigger supporting cast in that game. Like he was the guy you went to for all your tech shit. Oh no. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is about this portrayal of Bruce, but like it it doesn't seem like he works on his own stuff primarily. It it's usually Lucius. Um like eventually it, like one of the one of the options in the first game was uh um Oswald Cobblepot takes over the uh takes over Wayne Enterprises. And then you have the option to be like, hey, Lucius, come work for me. Or, no, I need a mole. Stay at Wayne Industries. Keep your head down. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you pick the stay at Wayne Industries, keep your head down, you don't get new stuff. You're just fucked. Like, you just have to work with what you have. Dude. Um, yeah, so they killed Lucius, and I was like, fuck, man. Like, what does that mean for Batman? And then, uh, like... Joker showed up at Lucius's funeral and just started making a, a big ruckus, man. Like he he immediately started antagonizing this man's daughter. I was like, what the fuck? Um, and then he he sits next to Bruce and they're just having a side conversation while the eulogy is being performed. And I was like, bruh, like I turned this game off because I had secondhand embarrassment. Like. Every option for Bruce to be like, shut the fuck up. We're at a funeral. I took that option every time. Bro. And yeah, and I, I guess there's I guess there's a way to make the Joker a vigilante in that game. Like there's a way to make him a Batman sidekick. Um I'm not going that route. I'm gonna piss him off all day long until he becomes the Joker. Yeah, I know. I know they had an alternate storyline where he becomes like the White Knight or something. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna piss him off. Yeah, I wouldn't. It's just I remember I read that story and I was like, I hope that nobody ever pulls that off in cosplay because it'd be weird. I'd be conflicted. I'd be like, I want to choke you, but you didn't have anything to do with me getting my ass beat by a crowbar, so I don't know what to do. Like, nigga. Yeah, I've yeah. also I've been reading some comics. I've been putting oh. that uh, the DC Universe subscription to work. Oh. So I've been reading I've been reading Batman: The Dark Knight and the New Fifty Two. Um, because I want to do I want to go back and I want to read the New Fifty Two stuff so I have a little more context for Rebirth, like just how the whole Rebirth thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I've decided to start with Batman because you know. And uh. I've been reading The Dark Knight, and he's he's chasing this woman in lingerie that's like called the White Rabbit or something, and he just like he can't he can't seem to catch her, and I don't know I still don't know if she's real or not, <laughs> like I don't know if he's hallucinating or what. If you um, if you he's, say he's hallucinating right now and he's chasing things, I'm thinking Billy Madison. Yeah. But he's 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 dealing with this um this new drug that was developed I think by Bane, and it's akin to Scarecrow's fear toxin, but it removes fear instead. Um, huh. 
And so at one point, Bruce calls for help, and the Justice League goes, hey, we've got other problems. We're trying to deal with other stuff while you deal with the source. And Bruce was like, no, that makes sense. And then eventually Superman gets some time and answers his call, but after that, Bruce has been... Or before that, Bruce has been affected by that toxin. And so he has no fear now. So he just goes at Superman. Like, no no preparation, nothing. He just goes at him. And then Superman just puts his head into the ground. And I was like, god damn. This is why the New 52 is one of the shittiest runs of DC. Like... I remember the first issue that came out, and everyone was like, yo, go read it. I read it. First issue, first couple pages was Selena and Bruce, and I'm like, this is weird. What the fuck is going on? Like, they, there's no exposition for why any of this is going on. And then, just when you thought it could not get any worse, go, uh, go read some Superman shit. Oh, yeah. Lois is straight up friend zoning his ass, saying, we're friends, and that's all we're ever going to be. And it's this big-ass fucking comic scan. I remember reading that, and I was like, that's all I needed to read. Bruh. Like, yeah, if you're going to fuck Superman that badly, don't get me wrong, I don't like soups. But if you're going to fuck him that badly, you better have a fucking good reason to do that. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I haven't gotten into that stuff, but... um. So far, like, reading this Batman stuff, it's been alright with me. Like, uh, like Superman was talking shit the whole time he was slapboxing Bruce around. He was like, I'm stronger than you in every way, and you know this. And mm. you would have prepared this, so what's going on? Yeah. And, and Bruce is coming at him, too. He's like, you don't fucking belong here, alien. And I was like, god damn. Um, Nigga. And then I read uh, they put uh, issue 55 of Batman Rebirth on there, too. Nightwing got shot. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, dude. That, that was the one I was talking about like a long time ago. That was the that was the one where he becomes Rick Grayson. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, I, I didn't even you don't you, you're reading the comic and you're seeing this guy set up a sniper spot and you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on here. And then the whole time Dick is making jokes and you're like, plain old Dick, sounds right. And then he gets shot and I was like, fuck. Holy and, shit. You know? And you know what's great? It's the same spot that Damien hit him in the Injustice story. <laughs> it, yo, uh, how do you let a bullet and the same fucking weapon end you? Fucking should have had spider sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then later down the road in the story, he becomes Rick Grayson. So he's like, I don't remember you guys. I just remember being some kind of circus boy. I'm going to be me. I don't know who you are, though. And so, like, all the Bat family are trying to remind him of who he is. And he's like, nope, I don't know who you guys are. Peace out. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm you know, I'm excited to read that. Um, and... I've kind of got a DC Universe review. I've been using it for a couple of weeks now, and I've noticed a couple of things. Um, sometimes it can be a little finicky when you're trying to download or delete comics um, off your phone. And, you know, if you have a data plan where you're limited on your usage, that's not great, you know? 
and then um, I feel like it could be a little more organized. They have over like 20,000 something comics on there. Um, but I feel like they could do something where it says, hey, if you want to read the new 52 from start to finish, here's everything in continuity, like in chronological order. And and it doesn't have that. It, it doesn't... It gives you years. So, like, if I, if I wanted to go read the New 52 from start to finish, I had to Google what year the New 50 started and then f- put that in my, in my filter um, for the search. And I think it was, like, 2011 that the New 52 started, so you had to do from 2011 to, um, you know, whatever date to get the, the beginning stuff. Yeah. So it could it it could stand to be a little more organized. But on the subject of DC Universe, I finished season one of Titans. Okay. Bruh. Before we do anything, I do want to tell you guys that if uh if you have not seen season one or two, not only will I say spoiler alert. But I also will put in the timestamp for when we are talking about Titans. Uh, Eric went ahead and mentioned that, um, you know, hey, man, you know, if you're going to talk about spoilers, can you put a timestamp for when I probably shouldn't be listening? I'm like, that's a great idea because I didn't even think of that. So uh, for the description for this episode, going forward on every other episode, if we do talk about spoilers. We'll definitely have a timestamp for when those spoilers are going to be talked about outside of that. Um, I'd like to tell you skip two, three minutes if you don't see the description. Either or, you'll have it there. But anyways, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, yeah, we should we should definitely do that going forward. And we're sorry if we spoiled any of you guys like the couple of fucking ninjas we are. Fucking spoilers! Fucking um, spoilers! <laughs> um, yeah, there, dude, there was a lot to unpack in season one. Holy shit. Um, you know, just like Trigon coming back and healing Beast Boy, and then the 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 Batman thing. Because I so I was talking to with Caitlin while we were watching it, and I I figured out where she stands on the on the Batman issue of the No Kill Rule, and she's all down for Bruce to just straight up murder villains. Yeah. So, so you know, we 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 got into that argument, <laughs> and um. You know, she was like, "Well, if you if you kill them, that they don't come back. You don't have that problem again." And I was saying, "Well, yeah, you don't have that particular problem, but you could have copycats that look at that and go, oh, he killed that dude.' But I'm gonna do my own thing that's very similar to them." And then um, you also have the idea that if Bruce breaks that moral code of not killing the villains he fights then what's going to stop him from killing the bad guys that guard the villains he, he fights? Wait a minute. And that's... Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Like, I don't mean to cut you off here. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me you and Caitlin had a Catwoman-Batman discussion? Yes. Bruh. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I was like, if if Batman broke his code, what stops him from killing the people in his way? Yeah. And then... 
And then when we were watching the last episode of, of season one, she was like, oh, fuck, you're right. Oh, <laughs> and damn. I was like, okay. yeah. I was like, I was like, look at this. It's like an alien movie. It's like, it's like he is the alien and he's just taken out all the colonial marines in the room. Like, everybody's just dropping off the radar. Yeah. Like, before and you that, told me what was... she said about that, I was going to be like, Kate, I know you're probably listening. Sorry I called you Kate, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, Listen, man, if that isn't the indication that you need to be Catwoman in the future, I don't know what the fuck else does, because that was perfect. That whole thing you just told me just there, that was perfect. No, believe me, I've been pitching suits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, you can do this one if you wanted to. Oh, oh man. Um, but yeah, dude, season one of Titans fucked me up, man. Yeah. Like, and I'm 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 excited to get into season two, and um, you know, I I want them to give Robin the Nightwing suit, and you know, seeing. Dawn and Robin together were that was weird. I feel you. That was really weird. Like we were watching it and she was like, "Is this like a flashback?" And I was like, "No, this is a this is a Trigon vision. It's fucking gotta be." And then when Robin killed Bruce, I was like, "Oh shit!" I mean, if we were to if we were to really go ahead and talk about who would really get at Bruce to the point maybe he beats him, Dick would be the only real thing that would beat him. Like, I'm just going to be 100% real. If out of all the Robins, Grayson would be the guy to put him down. If Batman ever went tyrant. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I'd say Grayson could shut Bruce down, but Tim could shut Bruce's operation down. Oh, yeah, of course. Tim could be like, guess what, old man? I hacked your system. Maybe invest in a better firewall. Bruh. He got Jason trolling him. Red Robin. Yum. Yum. Yeah, like, all in all, I think season one was really well shot, especially the, uh, that, um, ending episode with the, uh, the, the fight in the Batcave. Um, and I, like, I saw the suit that they used behind the scenes, and I was like, that looks like shit. But then when I saw it on camera, I was like, no, you're right. Like, the way, the way they, used the darkness to uh to capture his motion it was like all right the filmmakers looked at it and went all we need is the shape like we just need to get a good silhouette of the bat suit you don't have to have it look good on camera so i was like no you're right so now i can't give the titans bat suit any shit um Outside of the fact that if they're going to show that in broad daylight, they might want to fucking throw the first one away. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I will say, man, that uh, spoilers for season two. Um, the only real thing I will say, which is not really a spoiler, is the show, again, I, I will talk about it. It does amp up a lot of the anticipation for the second season. A lot of the things I was watching for the, the show in general uh, got me excited. Um Man, I know the number one criticism that the season gets or the show gets that it's not Teen Titans. For those that want Teen Titans in a live action show, and I'm sorry for being loud, but I have to be for this. Okay, get ready, Kyle. 
Okay. Are you ready? Turn down the headphones. Hit it. Okay. So for those that want Teen Titans in a live action format, this is it, man. Right here. Season two. This is it. You guys want friggin' Teen Titans? This is it. Motherfucker, this is it. You guys want it? There you go. Because they did not disappoint in trying to bring that aspect of things together. So if you have been complaining, watch season two then. Because you'll love it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm excited to jump into season two. Um, you know, I, I know they're they're taking it slow and releasing it uh, episode by episode, and you know that's gonna that's gonna be rough because right now I have a backlog of four episodes for Titans, and I'm like I wanna I wanna keep those in my back pocket, but yeah, you know. Maybe I'll, I'll binge watch them eventually and uh, let you guys know what I think on this show. Word, word, most definitely. I got um, I got some Star Wars stuff I got to unpack. Okay. Some some stuff that came out last week. Um, and uh, some stuff that came out in Bob Iger's new book. Uh, George Lucas feels betrayed about Star Wars. Uh, so, so this uh, this comes from a um, a news site called Metro News, um, written by Louise Griffin. Says Disney CEO has claimed George Lucas felt betrayed by the franchise's plans for the movies. Uh, in his uh, in his new book, Bob Iger revealed that the director had three stories mapped out that weren't used for the final movies. Um, Alan Horn and this is coming from Bob Iger. Alan Horn and I read George's outlines and decided we needed to buy them. Though we made clear in the purchase agreement that we would not be contractually obligated to adhere to the plot lines he laid out. Um, and the book is called The Ride of a Lifetime, Lessons Learned from 15 Years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company, if anybody's interested in picking that up. Um, he added, George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot, and it dawned on him that we weren't using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiations. In the first meeting with him about the future of Star Wars, George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. Uh, so... It's just... It sucks, man. Like, you know, I was... I was um. I was watching a video on it today. It was like a half hour long. Uh, shout out to Star Wars Theory. Um, go check his channel out if you haven't already. He makes some badass fan films, and he uh, he delves into some of the lore of, uh, of Star Wars, and he'll tell you some stuff that I don't even know about Star Wars. Hmm. Um, he, was about, he was talking about this deal 
and uh, you know there were there were multiple things that happened. One of which was uh, Lucas at the time around the '80s had a a show called the uh, the Adventures of Young Indiana Jones, um, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be kind of like a like a history lesson kind of thing, where um, young Indiana Jones would be like traveling in time and shit and meeting historical figures, and it would be like a uh, like a like a classroom kind of thing about, yeah, this is why this person's important, right? And season one didn't do well. And season two was greenlit um, eventually by uh, by Iger. Uh, I think it was Iger. And they they took a hit in numbers on that one too but george didn't forget that and eventually they were they were having a dinner or something and you know iger brought up hey you know what are you what are you going to do with lucasfilm like you know you're you're in your late 60s now and you know you're not getting any younger what's going to happen to your legacy what's going to happen to lucasfilm and star wars after you're gone um and Lucas had to take a little bit to think about it. And Lucas said, you know, if I if I ever decide to sell, um, because you helped me and you believe in my vision on, on Indiana Jones, um, the first person I would come to is you. Hmm. And then six, six or seven months later, um, I guess uh, Lucas was under a lot of pressure to either sell or keep the franchise because some new laws or or regulations or something like that was coming out. And if he didn't sell soon, he would be losing half a billion in profit, like $500 million um, because of regulations. So eventually he decided to sell, but while they were working out, uh, what the deal was going to be. He wanted to retain um, creative control. And then Disney said no. Now, to be fair, would I want to buy something and then not have control of it? No. You know? Exactly. That's like, yeah, that's like me buying a PlayStation and then somebody else going, yeah, but I'm going to be on it all the time, though. Like, that shit's not going to fly, right? Exactly. Um now, could they have made Lucas a director for some of these? Yeah, they sure could have, but I digress. Uh, he wanted to retain full creative control. Disney said no. And they had to go back to the drawing board a couple times, and then Lucas said, okay, well, if I can't retain control of these uh, of these films, then um, I want I want Kathleen Kennedy to have some say in the direction. And Bob Iger was like, all right, well, that's a weird move. But, you know, whatever makes you feel more comfortable about this, we can bring her on. Um, so that's where Kathleen Kennedy came from. Was She was suggested by Lucas. And then there was just a lot of bitterness around it. And I understand, like, this is this, is this man's life's work. Like, and he's giving it to this massive company. And he's hoping that they're going to treat it with the reverence and respect that it needs to be treated with. 
Yeah. Well, and I do I do want to interject by saying, you know, I understand where he's coming from, where he's selling his own, you know, his IPs and hoping with the best that they treat it with respect and dig- you know, dignity as it so much deserves. At the same token, was he? Because, I mean, you got to think about it. He had a whole bunch of yes-men prior to when he sold. We, we have properties that he's he hasn't even got off the ground yet. Remember, I was telling you about uh, Star Wars Underworld, you know, but the problem you had and, and the question that I think even the people around him was, how do you work with someone who just says, yeah, do it, or I want it this way, and there's really not much you can say. Remember, this is the guy who created this shit that they're working on. Yeah, I mean, I think his part of his issue is trying to get past uh, episode one, um, because as with any fandom, you're going to have a, a, a lot of toxic people in there that, you know, they either love it or they hate it. And if they love it, they're going to tell you that a lot less than if they hate it. If they hate something, they're going to be a whole lot more vocal about it. Yeah. So, you know, he just got a lot of shit. And I think, I think if, the fan base and, and Star Wars theory said this uh, very same thing that if the fan base hadn't been so toxic at the time, maybe he wouldn't have been so encouraged to sell Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Cause I mean, we see it with Disney where a film comes out and whether it's good or not, it's still controversial because it's so big. Yeah. Like all the Disney live action movies, then it'll definitely I mean, when Aladdin came out, I realized how many people got rubbed the wrong way over that shit. <coughs> uh, yeah, Will Smith's CGI is still funny, though. Oh, hell um, yeah. At uh, least, that, that's the funniest uh, yeah, part of it. At least in that one trailer. I don't know if they fixed it or not. Um, but, you know, man, it just... It sucks. And... One of one of the bones that I have to pick with the new trilogy, um, you know, I don't I don't mind all these other characters that they've introduced. That's fine. It's it's the way they treated the old characters that really bugs me. Um, you know, it's the way they treated Luke, Leia, and Han. Um, and I guess in some way Chewie, but you know, more or less they've done him justice. Uh, yeah, it's the it's the big three you're talking about. Yeah, and and you know they haven't, and this this is why I hope Lando's portrayal in Episode Nine is good, because you know we need some justice to have been done to these original trilogy characters so that we can say goodbye to them as fans in our own way, and then move on to whatever Disney has in store for us later. Yeah. Um, and they haven't done that very well. I mean, Han got an okay send-off, uh, but Luke, Luke just got fucked, man. Like, I don't... Especially in The in the Last Jedi. Like, The Last Jedi, most of the issues that I have with that movie come from Luke. Yeah. And his, and his portrayal. Um... And, you know, it, it, it hurts and it sucks to hear that, that Lucas feels betrayed. Um, 
by the the decisions that Disney has made with Star Wars. Um, and in some way, I think that's inevitable because uh, you you have this thing that you've worked on for so long, and very much like we do, um, you take ownership of it, you know? Mm. And um, I think part of the reason that this is coming out now is Lucas is having a hard time doing that, a hard time letting go of the ownership of this thing he's worked so hard to create. Yeah. I see what you mean. It's one of those things where I know George Lucas, I'm trying to think of other people right now off the top. Another person who I know kind of doesn't have oh, that was my phone for a minute. <laughs> but no, um, I know another writer, creator is almost the same way, but I don't think it's I'm saying almost in the sense that he he has some kind of controlling interest. But they really don't ask him to really put much of an interest in it. Uh, Rob Liefeld for Deadpool. Um, You know, he was in a cameo for the first film. But if you were to recall anything that he's ever done versus what they put in for the movies, a lot of his story arcs are not in there. You know, don't get me wrong. Movies made money. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's happy he gets that check, you know. But I can imagine he probably feels the same because they haven't put in any of the storylines that he wanted. Like, I highly doubt they're ever going to touch Major X or any of those stories because, again, they've got their own line. And, and, and the question I have for, for a lot of people out there, you know, when does it the buck stop when the creator gets upset when someone else takes over and uses their IPs? You know? Yeah. And, and, and creates something else, makes another masterpiece emulating is it imitating or is it emulating that's the that's another question that i have for them when it comes to someone like lucas versus what disney has done to i don't want to say mirror his vision but try to recreate it in their own yeah that that's a question that i'm going to leave for for anyone else it's it what is it is it imitating or is it emulating You know, because there is a difference. Yeah. Um, and strangely enough, I think, uh, I think Disney is still trying to find their footing with Star Wars. Um, like, they, they haven't really found their place with it yet. And I think that time's coming up soon. I don't, because I don't know if you heard this, John, but, uh, Kevin Feige is going to start working on Star Wars. Yeah, I heard about that. I was about to get ahead and mention it, too. Yeah, he wants to start. They, they got him going for Star Wars films. I don't know about that. I don't know, man. If, if it's any indication of what he's been able to do with the MCU, I'm in. You sounded like, like uh, Tony Stark right there. <laughs> I just want to go ahead and say that. You sounded like... Tony Stark there. Wh- whatever it takes, I'm game. Yeah, whatever it takes, I'm game. Then again, I have to... I, I kind of have to back up and be like, wait a minute, you know, I get it. He's a great creative vision. He wants what he wants, but that's a lot of 
properties to be messing with. Um, I, I mean, we've seen people go from really successful to burned out over this industry for well over 30 years. I mean, the most recent person I can think of who was burned out over shit was, t- was Sam Raimi. Like, he did one, he did two, he did three, and he's been on Spider-Man for 10 years straight at the time four was supposed to come out. He was done. And that's just a one movie with the franchise with those characters. I can so much imagine an entire extent, uh, just cinematic universe, Spider-Man's news, and now Star Wars? I'm not saying he can't do it. I just, mm, don't be surprised if he gets burned out. Yeah, I got you. You know, that's the one, that's the only concern is that would he ever get burned out? Because there is a point where you're just like, damn, I'm so exhausted. I don't want to do any more right now. I need a break. Look at the Russos, for example. They said they wanted a break. What's funny about them is they want to make a Wolverine movie. So, hey, I guess in some way, yeah. What's the old line that, uh, what is it, Pacino or De Niro says? Uh, you know, they, they, uh, I, they, they push me out, but I want to come back in. <laughs> it's that whole thing. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I, I'm down with it, though my concerns are, again, fatigue. Yeah. That I is mean, a lot of pro, a lot of IPs to work with. Definitely. And I, I don't know if they're going to move him from, um, from Marvel stuff or not. Um, but you know, I mean, Hey, if they give him star Wars, sure. You know, I'm, I'm down. I, I've seen what he can do with the MCU. I'm excited to see what star Wars can, can get with him, you know? Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, and I guess going into the next thing, um, before we get into the biggest news that we have here, um, so I guess, well, we know that the Joker movie's coming out. And I know I'm excited for it. You know, I want to see what it looks like. It sounds like it's going to be really fun to see. Uh, though Warner Brothers has had enough, though. They're, they're fucking sick and tired of it. They disinvited all of the interview press for the movie. I, I heard about this. Uh, Variety uh. covered the story. Um, Warner Brothers Entertainment has restricted access from print and broadcast. Uh, journalists from the red carpet at the upcoming U.S. premiere of Joker, the event which will take place on Saturday in Hollywood at the famous TCL Chinese Theater, will now only allow photographers access to talent and filmmakers. Dude, this is big. Yeah, I mean, look, if Warner Brothers didn't see this coming, I don't know how they didn't. Um because, you know, with the shooting that happened in Aurora, I think it was in 2012 or something like that. Yeah. Um, where a guy went in dressed as the Joker and committed a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. You, when you make a movie about that, about the guy, um, about the character that was involved in that, you, you kind of got to expect some kind of backlash. Um, and I don't... I don't necessarily agree that this movie promotes violence on that level. I I think that's 
looking at it too hard and looking at it politically. And it's a comic book movie. You can't look at these from a political standpoint. Yeah. You just can't. You 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 go there and you you watch Batman kick some ass. Like that, that's what a comic book movie is about. Um it's I mean, I guess it opens the the window for for some discussion on the subject, but you just you can't you can't tie movies like this to a political standpoint because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because we know that these movies are about fake characters. You know, I, I guess you could use that logic with any other movie. Um, but it just, you, I think putting these characters next to that kind of connotation is a disservice to the character as a whole. It is. Um, because what it's about is making the fans of those characters happy. Like, oh, these characters are getting the spotlight. You know, WB saw this character and went, oh, no, that's right. We need to make a movie about that because they're great. And there are lessons that can be... There, there are some stories that can give you lessons. And... Sometimes comic book movies aren't one of them. You know, we don't have to dig too far into. Let me rephrase. We don't have to dig that far into these comic book films. Um, at least I'm not going to. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to see the Joker movie at face value and say, all right, well, it's a story about the Joker. Sure. Um,. But I mean, I understand why the uh, the, the families affected um, by that shooting in 2012 would call this movie out and say, "Hey, you know, it's a sensitive subject. So what the fuck, you know?" Yeah, and once again, it just it gets off the idea that when it comes to something like this or anything we have, whether it's conventions or you know going to watch a movie, and you know, of course, it reminds you of. You know, the 2012 shootings, you know, it's not like you said, it, it does. It's a disservice to the character. It's a disservice to the organization, like the conventions, like we had a um, at the time, me and the Dead Bat cosplay crew. We were all out over in Tampa when the Col not the Colorado shootings, but it was around when uh, Jason David Frank went to that convention and a guy brought a real gun to the whole thing. You remember, like the next day they changed the the, the rulings for props. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, if right in midair, they just changed the rulings for it because they were afraid that that was going to start a trend right then and there because a con was already going on when that one was about to end. So it does a disservice to a lot of things. I definitely agree with you with that standpoint. So. But, John, I don't want to talk about DC anymore. You ready? I want to talk about something Marvel. Oh, yeah. Something that and, when, um, when it hit, everybody blew my ass up about it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, to, I want to yell it to the heavens. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh. 
if, if if you've got headphones on, you 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 should you should you should turn those down. Uh, we got Spider Man back, John. Oh yeah, Spider Man's back. Oh yes, I know. I'm, that was the biggest news, guys. I'm pretty sure that was obvious. Uh, yo, listen. I woke up and I saw that shit. Did not believe it at first. I was like Hawkeye and Endgame. Don't give me hope. And then variety. Yeah, just eye roll. Yeah. Variety, Deadline, they all covered the same story. I was like, oh shit, let's go. And I think this is, this is, um, you know, what I think what happened is what uh, we said would happen in our discussions where Sony and Marvel went, or Sony and Disney went, fuck, that sure is a lot of money on the table. If we split that, sure is still a lot of money. You know? Yeah. So, I, I think, um, from what I understand, is it's, it's, it's a deal for one movie. Um, at least from the articles I've read. So it looks like it's going to be like a, like a send-off movie. But this is what I said that we needed, was a, you know, a, a, a send-off. I don't know because if the it's way... going to be a send-off. Well, uh, you know, uh, that's just what I'm thinking it's going to be. Okay, gotcha. And and if if that's what it is, then that's what it needs to be. If they don't plan on going any further with this, if we're going to have the same issue, um, you know, five to six years down the road, then that's what this movie needs to be. Um, I got gotcha. you. Because what I don't want to happen is what almost happened, where Spider-Man was out, and then we don't get anything else. And then later in the movies, you just kind of have to not retcon Spider-Man, but just conveniently not mention his existence. Yeah, no, I feel um, And I... I think that would kill the MCU faster than anything is it's like, you know, we've had all of these phases and all of these phases have had continuity with each other. So now when you're talking about phase four and you're talking about all these movies and TV shows that you're going to do, and a lot of them are going to be hard to interconnect with each other. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're, you're playing a risky game. You are most four. definitely you're playing a rough one. Um, the new um, deal for and, those that and I think you might be, I think they might be relying too much on the Disney plus shows to save them. Yeah. And, and to, uh, get to your point, I will get into the deal for those that are not really, uh, all that sure as to what the deal may or may not consist of. Um, so he gets one solo movie and then he gets a, uh, another movie being a future Marvel studios film. So Avengers five, maybe, right. Um, then he also gets to jump into Sony's movies and this is where, uh, Venom 2, Morbius, it's where those movies jump in the picture. So you have Sony's movies and you have Marvel's movies. So that's why I don't necessarily think it's a send off because you have so many movies that Tom Holland would be part of while at the same so time. They're, so, so they're making movies simultaneously. Well, no, it, it's, it's a picture at a time deal. That's the kind of thing they're going off of. I got you. So we're going to see how this solo movie comes out in 2021. If it goes fantastic, hey, let's keep going. 
and they'll keep pumping out Spider-Man movies until the wheels definitely fall off, whether that be Marvel Studios or that end up being Sony. Um, I just found out that really both Far From Home and Homecoming were not even made like they weren't made off of maybe Sony's actual pictures. Well, they were made by Pascal Productions, which, of course, that's Amy Pascal, who used to work for Sony, um, which that's that's pretty big. I didn't know that. Um, but with this deal, this deal is setting up the idea that at any point in time, if they want to use Spider-Man, I mean, Marvel Studios can be like, listen, we pumped out fucking $3 billion for this fucking character. Box office sales. First week. Let let us get the wall crawler. So, that that's the thing. Um, so, it's a picture-at-a-time deal, necessarily. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Um... You know, that, that kind of gives them some leeway to do what I said they should do, which is um, have some leeway for both companies to make Spider-Man movies. Because he's a very, 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 very profitable character. Yeah. That's so I'm, the I'm excited to see what comes out of that. I'm excited to see what comes out of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I need some more of that in my life. I, I think uh, I, I'm, dude, I'm excited too. I know the one thing I want to see before anything else changes, obviously, is if we're going to see Deadpool and anything, it definitely has to be in Spider-Man 3. I'm just going to go ahead and put my hat in the ringer and definitely say that because it just needs to happen. So. You think? Oh, yeah, it has to. Um, I, I don't. Listen, you got an opportunity to put Ryan Reynolds and Tom Holland in the same film. You'd be a dumbass to say, oh, we could just bypass that. No, no, no. You need to do that shit. Like, it's either that or Wolverine and him. Because... Well, I'm gonna... I'm gonna say the first time we see Deadpool is probably gonna be in the uh, the first uh, MCU X-Men film. I mean, I could see that, too. I have this face, like... I want to see that, but I don't want to see that. But um, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine him like going through a portal and then the universe gets rebooted, and he's just like another one? Come on! Yeah, that's what they were saying about uh, the Doctor Strange multiverse movie. They were like in a post-credit scene. Um, the idea of this was something that someone threw around on a YouTube page. They were like, imagine if Doctor Strange was like looking through all the universes, and then Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool is like showing up, and then he's just like. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, that, that's what they were thinking they wanted to do, um, or at least that would be an idea that they wanted to do. Um, I don't know, man. I think if you wanted to introduce Deadpool in the MCU and you wanted to give Spider-Man ten times the responsibility that Uncle Ben was preaching, who better to try to teach than somebody who thinks killing and having spleen for dinner is, is, is perfect? You know, it gives Pete something to do. It gives Wade something to do, too. I mean, you can still add a Fury and Maria Hill. You can add those um, just to be like, hey, you I watch this dude. He's, he's a really good prospect. We want to put him on our team. And, hell, it probably won't work because uh, Deadpool likes doing the mercenary gig. So, uh, but that's what I would want. I do know that now it opens the possibility to these things. 
And that's the best part of this news is that it opens the possibility for this character to do anything he basically wants because, I mean, they got every character now, basically. Yeah. So it gives it gives that possibility. I think that's the best thing about this. If, if I'm being unbiased, it gives him possibilities for multiple stories and outlets that he could do instead of just saying, oh, well, fuck all that shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm so excited that Spider-Man's back because they can't they couldn't have left it at far from home. Um and I think like letting that cliffhanger stay in there and not knowing if you were going to get a renewal was a dumb choice. Yeah. It was. Um or a smart one, because then you know fans would be like, hey, what the fuck, you put a cliffhanger in here. And then uh, they'd put pressure on Sony like we saw. Mm, okay. So, now, I don't know, man. I don't know if that was a calculated chess move or a dumb choice, but sure yeah. was one or the other. Now, one thing for sure that a lot of us, uh, spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched Far From Home, at least I've seen the ending and the you know beyond. The one thing that I know people have mentioned is how does Pete get out of the situation that he's currently in, where now all the people know of his identity, things of that nature. Here's the thing, and this is just my honest opinion. If you really wanted to go ahead and 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 think of how best to play this, the best way to play it is he's gonna need a certain lawyer to get out of that situation. Now, I'm not saying She-Hulk because they've still got to make. You got to make her. You got to make her to the point where people are gonna give a shit about the character, not just the cat, not just the fans who know her. This is where Daredevil comes in the picture because you ask anybody about season three, that's the most. I mean, people have loved the fuck out of Daredevil ever since season three. People wanted him to go into the MCU. Um, Charlie Cox definitely, but. If they don't want Charlie Cox at all, I can think of one other guy. Now, we said we were talking about goodbyes and stuff earlier in the podcast and uh, to, like, the, the Star Wars characters. And it reminded me of one of my favorite shows, one of my non-favorite, like, non-Marvel shows. Um, it's a lawyer show called Suits. It actually ended this week. There's a guy on there who plays, like, the main character. And every time I see him on screen, I'm thinking, dude, this if they don't want Charlie Cox, you you guys need to get Gabriel mocked because he would be perfect as a MCU version of Matt Murdock. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. See, I think uh, I think they could they could solve this with a combination of Daredevil and the scrolls. Yeah. I mean, we are bringing that in. You're not wrong. Like, you just get footage of... And I, I saw this on a, on Instagram the other day. It was just like a a post where Peter was standing in front of Spider-Man. And Peter was the scroll. And Spider-Man was the real Peter Parker. And he was just like, you mean I'm that guy? Cool. Yeah. So, it's... It's it's to that point where that's what I was thinking. Uh, the show ended Wednesday, and I thought, man, you know what? 
if this show brought one thing to the table, it brought future MCU stars to the table because you have a lot of really cool, interesting people who really nailed the show, like the show in its entirety. I mean, I may do a season one, two, three, four uh, review when I get the chance. I just need to see the show again. But Gabriel Mocked was always the guy that I thought whenever I saw him. And somebody, I remember a long time ago, somebody photoshopped the picture. They gave him the red lenses. And I said, Daredevil. Nobody else. Yeah. At one point before we got Charlie Cox and he killed it, I said Gabriel mocked. But if that's if you don't get Charlie Cox, if you get Charlie Cox, fuck it, because Charlie did an amazing job on both one, two and three of Daredevil um, right next to Vincent D'Onofrio, who played Kingpin, which if you don't want a Sinister Six movie, then that's what you would play. Because Kingpin is amazing as a villain for not only Daredevil, but Spider-Man. Um, you could also, I, I don't want to introduce too many characters because you're pulling the same shit Sony has done for two movies. And that's why we got him in the MCU. Um, so if you want to stick to a movie that has a good enough, uh, introductions that it's not wearing its welcome, I would say Daredevil, I would say Kingpin, and I would say Felicia Hardy. That's it. If you want to just play that story. But if you don't, and you want to introduce Deadpool, you're going to have to pretty much say to yourself, well, neither, all three of these characters can't be in this movie then. Because that's way too many introductions. Yeah. you got to keep that healthy balance. Otherwise, it will feel like The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, where you're introducing way too many characters, and it's like you're frustrated because you may not know who these characters are, and you're mad because you just don't care. You want to care because it's a great IP. It's Spider-Man for fuck's sake. But you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the max on character introduction in films? Like one, two? At very most, at very most, two with a cameo being three. A cameo definitely could be the third character. Like a cameo. I don't care about a cameo. Okay. Like, for example... X-Men Apocalypse tried doing uh, the Jubilee cameo. Uh, at, like, it was one of those prom- like promo videos, right? And they tried bringing that to the table. And just, I was like, cool, you know, whatever. But, you know, at the same token, you had so many introductions. I would say two to answer your question. Two characters to introduce per movie. Okay. That is a reasonable number because the audience gets to digest two characters who are now being brought in along with the, you know, the starting character, you know, the reason why you're going to watch this film, this film in the first place. So that's the thing to me. I wouldn't bring too many fucking characters to where you're sitting there, not even caring justice league. Yeah. I got to say it. It's the one movie recently that people know about. No, no, you're right. I, I hate saying it, though, because, you know, it had potential, but you had too many characters being brought in the mix, and nobody gave a shit. So, if Sony does not want to recreate any of DC's madness, or any of the madness that they had before, along with, you know, like, you know, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, two characters. And if they want to bring him back for a fourth film, which, to be honest with you, 
would solidify him as Spider-Man. I mean, it already does does for me, but it would solidify him because he made it farther than the two of them combined to be Spider-Man. So, yeah, that that's my take though. Bring two characters, villain, make it happen, Captain. Sounds good to me. And I've uh, I've also got one thing, uh, another thing for you guys on the gaming front. Um, uh, on the on the twenty fifth, uh, Battlefront two got clone commandos. Go play that shit. It's good. Clone commandos are out now. Yes. Disney, if you don't know where to go, make me a clone commando movie. That's all I'm saying. Like, hardcore, like, get it, guys. But um, I don't have any would-you-rathers today. I think I'm just going to sign off for right now. But um, anything else you got on it? No, I think uh, I think we covered it all. Cool beans. I know, like, that the big one was the Spider-Man one. I know that was for sure. But um, as always, guys, this is the Spider-Man! 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 But, uh... <laughs> As always, guys, this is the Trigger Happy Chatterbox. And this is the world's greatest detective. Stay golden, guys. Stay golden. Bow now. Bow now. Bow now. Bow now. Bow now. We're not falling. We'll take it back to the days of yes,